Welcome to Translation Confidential. This is Peter Argandizo and Patrick Daly. And today's episode is um, fun. I think we're going to have fun with this, Patrick. It's what translation isn't. But uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But why don't we start with our news story, uh, which I think you found this week. Is that right, Patrick? Yep. Uh, I stumbled upon this one. Um, I know of all places, Google. Um, and it does concern Google. Um, and the story is that Google Translate will soon uh, save translations that you've input in your account while using Google Translate. Uh, so that could be interesting. Maybe if you're traveling abroad um, or going somewhere where you won't have an internet connection, you can kind of cache those on your device and your Google account just to kind of have them ready for easy access. So I found that pretty interesting that they're kind of bringing more of an offline component to it. I would guess is the application so maybe phrases that you offer, you're, you're traveling and there's certain phrases that you really want sort of top of brain. If I don't have a connection, I can go look at my history and... Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's machine translation. It's still going to not be anything close to the It'll quality. Be terrible. Right. It's not going to be the quality of a human translator, but maybe something short, a word, a phrase, you might be able to get by using that. So I'm cynical, <laughs> as we've heard. Um, and I think that certainly there are some customer service aspects to that. But I almost wonder as well as if that's not a move to save computing power. Because if you think of it, it saves a query. So if it's a term that I tend to query all the time because I forget what X is in Italian or French or German, but I have it in history, now I save Google a query because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's in my history and I don't have to do it. Yep. So it could be beneficial for them and possibly beneficial for you if that empty does end up being okay to use. I'm sure their stock will go up on the infinitesimally <laughs> small fraction of a cent that it saves <laughs> in computing power, but uh, as many transactions as they do, maybe that adds up. Yeah. So. Well, great. Well, why don't we roll into what translation isn't? And the first thing that I thought of, and really the reason why a show like this or a podcast like this I think is important, is um, I always find that customer education is a big part of our job. And understanding the process and understanding what translation is, is important, but equally so is what translation isn't. And the first one that came to mind for me is conversion. You know, all too often we get customers say, hey, I really just need you to convert this from English to French. And the reason why I'm slightly offended by the word conversion is because it's not a mathematical equation. Mm -hmm. More often than not, you know, you have to think of us as rewriting your content in a foreign in language. language. Right. And it has to be. That's sort of where that term localization comes from. So it is not a conversion. Right. It would be great if there was just, you know, a one-to-one -one equivalent for every word, every phrase, every sentence, but there simply isn't. We all know language is subjective. It also changes over time. Uh, we don't use the same kind of phrases or terminology that we may have used 15, 20, 30 years ago. Just language changes over time. So it's Another reason why you can't just, it's not a one-to-one -one comparison, like you said. Great. And if it were, machine translation would be phenomenal. Exactly. And we would be doing something else. <laughs> Likely a, a Starbucks barista is what I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> For you, not me. Yes, exactly. What's yours? I know you had a couple as well. A couple of what? A couple of these, what translation isn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a couple it is, of other job, yeah. job I ideas. I thought you were saying, jo yeah, fallbacks for my job. Um, no, I think it is important. Maybe like you, you said, should think of some. <laughs> if you're putting me on the spot like that. Um, I think it is important to, like you said, to know um, what it is and what it isn't, especially when we provide quotes um, and we're maybe in a competitive situation. That's something we always like to bring up is 
you know, what is that competitive quote getting you, but also what does it not include? Does it have maybe a proofreading pass where we might, or where we have a proofreading pass and they don't? So it's kind of, we want to get to those apples to apples kind of situations. Um, but another one that we were talking about um, was translation is not interpretation. Um, so that is something that gets under our skin as people who work in the industry, whereas people outside of the industry don't seem to care as much. Uh, so translation is any written documentation that's taken from one language into another, and then interpretation is anything that's spoken into another language. Yeah, it's one of the things that just absolutely gets me upset. And uh, if my family were in the room right now, they would attest to that because I, I'm not allowed to watch the news <laughs> because invariably anytime the president is traveling or someone wins an Oscar and can't speak English, it always becomes, and oh, didn't the translator do a nice job? <laughs> exactly. And they're not translators. It's an interpreter. And and it's important. I understand that people say, oh, it's just semantics, but it really isn't. They are two completely different activities. Yeah, I think it definitely takes a different type of person to do each job. Uh, they're very different. Um, I had to interpret when I was on vacation in Peru, and I very much did not like it. Um, our tour guide was obviously from Peru, so his Spanish was his first language. He had a pretty solid command of English, but on the last day of our tour, he's like, I'm done, you do it now. And it's, it is really difficult, um, and it's kind of you know, in one ear, out the other. You kind of have to listen in one language and speak in another at the same time. So it's very different from you know, being able to think for a while, seeing something written on a page, and then writing it in your native language. Absolutely, and and there's you know there's there's uh, subsets of positions even within that discipline. You know, there's simultaneous interpreters, consecutive interpreters, court interpreters, and they all have varied skill sets even within the job. So it's um, it is a lot more than semantics. Um, how about one of my other favorites? Translation isn't instant. Yep, that goes along with uh, it not being a conversion. Um, it would be great if we could flip the magic translation switch and have your document translated instantly. Well, we can't do that. It's just machine translation and won't be very good quality. But we're kind of more in the market for professional translation that's going to give you a lot higher quality than machine translation. Well, and I think you know that brings up a couple important points. And one of the ones that I can think of is if you're looking at having something translated, and you're trying to imagine in your mind what sort of time would be required, I would ask to think about what it took to create the English. If the English is a 600-page manual that took two months to write, there is no way in hell that the translation takes 48 hours. It's, right. just, it's not possible. A good translator can handle about 2,500 words per day, and an editor, six to 8,000 words per day, depending on the complexity. The same goes for the translation. Depends on the complexity. Um, but those are things to think about when you're trying to budget time for a translation job. And if for some reason you have something urgent, you have to talk to your project manager. And there are certainly strategies like adding more translators, removing QA steps. And I say that very carefully because, again, removing QA steps, that means you're, you're potentially removing uh, steps that would prevent errors. So you have to look at the subject matter. If it's something very risky, very technical, I would strongly suggest not doing that. Yeah, and we have a standard workflow for regular projects, and there's a reason we have it. It's the highest quality while still maintaining you know, an adequate timeline. Uh, but when you do want to kind of make one of those steps faster, it kind of, it's a trade-off. So you can, you can add more people, but that's going to drop the timeline. So it's kind of it's a give and take, and you have to realize that too when you're, when you're discussing that with your project manager. When we were brainstorming earlier, another one that we thought of, and I thought um, 
on the surface of it sounds odd. Translation isn't just translation. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring that up is it comes to that idea of quote comparison, like you mentioned. You know, all too often uh, we'll get into competitive situations, which is normal for business. But doing an apples to apples comparison on services is very difficult. So I know we have a bunch of different ones that we brainstormed up in our show notes. But one of the things that I think of is when you're purchasing translation, understand that you're also purchasing the administrative capabilities of that company. So I would ask you to dig into is how do they do their billing? Do they store your jobs? And do you have access to how those are stored? How responsive are the project managers? Can you pick up the phone and give them a call? Do they answer their emails in a timely fashion? So understand, and I know that's hard to measure, but ask the questions, see what they tell you. Right. I think uh, that can come from maybe doing um, an RFQ, maybe a more involved process of kind of getting more information from providers rather than just saying, here, quote this one project for me. Well, quoting that one project will be important to get a sense of their pricing. Through the RFQ, you can kind of learn about how the company operates and how how responsive they'll be to you. Um, I think one of the things that we do really well here at Argo is our project managers are always available for any clients. Uh, They don't have to kind of figure out who to call. They have their one contact uh, for any project-related matters, and they go straight to them. So, you know, you're not stuck in a revolving door going through different people, different departments to try and get to the answer to your question. You're going to go straight to the source. And for me, that digs a little deeper on even you know, the administrative side. I'm, I'm glad you brought up project management because there's a lot to it. So how are the project managers handling your projects? Uh, do they ask questions? In fact, I would suggest, because I've heard this story from translators uh, when they've worked with other agencies and other project managers, where the project managers will say something like, and again, I want to make sure this is clear, they're not from our organization, <laughs> from other organizations. The project managers will say something like, Ooh, the client really doesn't like it when we ask questions. As a customer, you should be really happy when project managers ask questions, especially if it's about terminology or they're looking for clarification. All they're trying to do is provide you with a better end product. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do the project managers do that or are they too lazy to do that? Right. I think that is super important as well. Um, We have our testimonial wall here as well at Argo with testimonials from some of our customers And one of them comes to mind where um, our team was translating a piece of equipment and they were really kind of struggling to understand the context of it without, you know, seeing the physical piece of equipment that they were translating. So we asked the question to the client said, hey, you know, can you give us visual reference? What does this look like? And funny enough, they actually sent us the product and said, here it is. You can send it to your translators and they can look at it, can play around with it, and they can really get an understanding of what it is they're translating. Because when they see it uh, in our translation software, they'll just see the words on the page. But when they have that visual representation, that's going to help tremendously. That's a great example. And, and I think you know, building on that is also that translation memory management. Again, we've done podcasts on translation memory, and we won't go too deep. But just know that that's the most valuable asset you have as a translation customer, is the translation memory that the project managers and the translation company keep on your behalf. That's where all the content goes once it's translated. And when you do updates to your content, that's where all the matches will come from. And that will save you time and money going forward. So how do those project managers handle the translation memory? Are you able to query it? You know, we, we give our, our customers access. They can query at any time. Other people have that as well, but not as many. Right. We also, um, 
will provide translation memory to customers if they ask for it. Um, that's something some translation companies kind of like to hold hostage, like to ho hold over customers. Is like, well, if you're going somewhere else, you'll kind of lose all this memory. So um, we always say we like to work with customers who want to work with us. So we're more than happy to provide translation memories um, as they're requested. And again, building on administration, but also kind of touching on a couple of the other topics we discussed about translation not being a conversion. You know, there isn't one correct answer. So that process of client review, which can be important, but it has to be managed properly. Um, this is where a customer will have someone, whether it's a sales manager in country or an engineering person in country, or even sometimes they'll ask a customer to do a, a little bit of a review on a translation that we do. You know, understand what goes into a good client review, but also understand that a good translation is a collaborative effort. Um, we have customers that are in the same industry that have different terminology for the same term. Mm -hmm. Is either one wrong? No, absolutely not. In this company, they prefer this term. In this company, they prefer the other term. So that's completely logical and it's okay, but we aren't mind readers. <laughs> so in that client review process, when they're making those changes, it's, it's, it's very important that you understand that that's not a waste of time. That's energy that goes into educating our translation team and our project managers about what you want to see stylistically in your documents going forward. Stuff goes into translation memory. I mean, I know you. I know you deal a lot with this. Yeah. Um, so, like you mentioned, the client review does come up quite a bit, um, and we can manage that process directly for clients. So we have a lot of our customers are here in the U.S., but then they need to get that review out to someone else. So there's certain customers where they go, "Here's the reviewer, talk to him," and that's basically it. So we'll manage that review process completely for the customer. Then there's other customers who who want to manage that process themselves, which is either way is perfectly fine. We just need to know what we're working with. Uh, but a lot of times we'll see review changes and our team will be like, I see what you wanted to say, but how about we say it like this? And they kind of come to a consensus and like, okay, now we can both agree on, you know, not what we had originally, not what they wanted to change it to, but maybe a third option that neither of them had thought of originally. Um, and like you said, the most important part is all of that lives in the translation memory, which just keeps training uh, our translators on what to use, what terms are pr uh, preferred by that customer. And it just, it makes our translators smarter as they work, basically. And, and I think, again, going back to the project managers and being good, fastidious project managers, when they see an issue come up in one language, if it's a multilingual project, guess what? Our project manager will alert all the other languages and say, hey, this was an issue in French. Not sure if it's an issue in Italian, German, Japanese, Dutch. Mm -hmm. One of the most common ones of that is uh, when we see units of measure, if it says 12 inches, a lot of European countries don't use inches. They use centimeters because they're on the metric system. So that's going to be a question we're going to ask, like, hey, do you want these converted to metric or do you want them still in imperial units? So when you get it back, all languages will say it the same way. It won't give you some in inches, some in centimeters. They'll all be the same. Exactly. Consistency across the board, which is very important. And also our translation management system facilitates that a little bit as an added point. Mm -hmm. point is that when our translators add a question, all languages on the project get to see that question, right. which is really good collaborative work. That also lives in the memory as well. So if a different language is you know, selecting the memory match on that one and they're reviewing it, they can see a question, they can see an answer. So a lot of times we don't have to reinvent the wheel once we ask the question once it's answered for basically the history of that client and um another thing to think about is desktop publishing right and design so mm -hmm. translation isn't necessarily design but it's part of the component right? right there's a lot of um kind of 
outside the box uh, workflows that we do. Um, desktop publishing is by far the most popular just by nature of certain file types. Uh, we also do voiceover work. We do proofreading, which is, you know, after any formatting is done, uh, subtitling. So there's a lot of other services that we offer as well, even though we are a translation company. There's a lot of things that, you know, live with translation and lend themselves to the industry of translation. So Patrick, a little different uh, show format for today. Um, what's your biggest takeaway out of everything we covered today? Uh, I think uh, I'm going to toot my own horn because it's something that I said. Um, I think that when you're buying translation, yeah, right. Uh, when you're buying translation uh, and you are getting quotes from multiple providers, I think it's important to consider, like I said, a what you are getting and then b what you aren't getting. So kind of look at those side by side. If there's a 40% price difference, there's got to be a reason why. Um, it's not just going to be, oh, this company wants to make more profit and they think they can get away with it. There's a reason that they're charging those rates. And I think communication from you as a buyer is going to be important too. You can ask about certain things. If you have another quote, say, what about this, 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 and this? And then the other provider can address those questions that you have. I think for me, and this was something that actually we collaboratively discussed, was the client review piece <laughs> and how it fits into translation isn't conversion. And for me, that idea that translation or good translation is a very collaborative process that requires the customer, the project manager, and the translation teams all um, playing well together and understanding changes in terminology and what's stylistic and what needs to be changed. Uh, really will lead to not only a good translation on the project that's in production, but also lays the groundwork for really good translation going forward. Mm -hmm. And with that, we will conclude this episode of Translation Confidential. Thank you for joining me. That's Peter and Patrick, and we will see you next time. <laughs>